Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, it's your girl Cy Brown, and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. I am so glad you're hanging out with me today. Today is, oh, my mother-in-law calls me in the morning, and she tells us, "This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it." Today is a good day. I am a firm believer that any day that we wake up is a good day. <laughs> it's another chance for us to get it right, another chance for a do-over, and another chance to just make a profound and lasting difference in the lives of other people. So I am so glad to be hanging out with you today. We have an awesome, awesome show for everyone today. We're talking back-to-school tips and parenting tips for your preschooler, your kindergartner, the the one who's just going off to school for the first time, all the way up to middle schoolers with our resident parenting coach, Ms. Kamari Gafford-Davis, so I will be bringing her in in a moment. But I wanted to thank everybody who listened to the show yesterday where we really got into this whole Mitt Romney thing. Today is not a political show, I swear. You all know I love politics, and this has been such a hotbed issue. Um, but as I said yesterday, it's it's a wrap. You know, people who are on the fence uh, or Republicans, your candidate lost. So uh, suck it up, vote for Obama, and keep it pushing. <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk more politics as we are now 48 days away from the election. So we will continue our political commentary and banter uh, as we get closer to the election, but that's definitely not uh, today's show. I just want to share one thing very quickly um, before I bring Kumari in. Um, I had the pleasure last week here in New York, it was New York Fashion Week, and I had the pleasure of hosting the Emerge Fashion Runway Show for their spring-summer 2013 collection. It is, that's major. You know, I am so grateful that I was asked. I actually did it last year um, for their second show. This was their fourth show to actually be out on stage and open the show and welcome all of the celebrity guests. Um, last year it was hosted by Tracy Ellis Ross, well, you know, for the spring. So um, it was really a big deal. But I just, moments before we came on the air, um, the producer, Dion Williams, she um, sent me a link to the show. So I just posted it on Facebook. I posted it on our um, Cyber Brown Morning Show fan page. So if you get a chance, you want to see the video, uh, it just shows all the cool backstage stuff that happens before a fashion show. There's a piece, of course, of me opening the show and me closing the show. So big shout-out to everybody with the merge. Um, thank you for the opportunity, and I will be spreading the video because it's it's just, you know, a, an amazing production by a very strong and prominent black woman from Chicago coming into a new market. And, you know, people of color have been 
not so welcome sometimes in the world of fashion. So this is a this is a this is major. So I I, I would be remiss in sending out shout outs and love to everybody who worked on Emerge. So thank you very much, Dion, Etopia, and to everyone else involved with the show. So now I'm getting ready to bring on our guest, Ms. Kumari Gafford Davis. Kumari, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you? I am well. Good morning. Thank you for hanging out with me today. <laughs> I'm so excited. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no problem. This is this is absolutely wonderful. Well, tell everybody a little bit about your practice, your coaching practice, Optimistic Expectations, and then we'll get right into how parents can comfortably segue their kids right into a school this year. Well, my company, Optimistic Expectations, has been available to parents, nonprofits, and churches since 2008. And I thoroughly enjoy working with parents because over the years, since 1994, I've been working with children and parents in crisis. So as a social worker and as a parenting coach, I started working with parents directly to assist them in having better communication with their children and better relationships with their children. So let me just ask you this before we even get into just the back-to-school piece. You know, maybe it sounds, you know, kind of pie in the sky. My kids are older. Everybody who listens to the show knows my kids are 23 and 18. Is I never had a parenting coach. Is there really a strong need for a parenting coach right now? If someone well, can really help in that area? Well, actually what happens is a lot of times with the hustle and bustle of life, we kind of sometimes – we can get disconnected to ourselves, get disconnected to our children, because life is just so hectic and it's just moving so fast. So I come in sometimes through school districts, sometimes through churches and nonprofits, and I work with parents to get that connection back again. Um, it, it really comes down to so many of our children are getting lost. So many of them have, you know, whether it's because parents are working all the time, and, of course, as parents, we work very hard to make sure that we give our children everything they need, but sometimes there's a disconnect. Mm -hmm. And I just try to make sure that that disconnect, that, um, that disconnect is uh, either um, repaired or that I can avoid it when I work with parents. I think that, you, you know, particularly in communities of color, coaching, consultants, social work, you know, those things were frowned upon. So I, I'm really honored to have you on the show to demystify what having a coach is really about. It's not that it's a stigma. It's not that it's, you know, you're not an effective parent, but I, I think if I can be so forward and say that you add, you know, an objective observation, is that that's correct, right, to just be able to help parents um, parent a little more clearly, right? Right, just just navigating, you know, just a system of navigating on more strategies and strategies that may work. I mean, because so, sometimes – you know, we tend to we tend to do the same thing, looking mm -hmm. for a different result, and sometimes we just have to change our change our strategy. I, I I have to agree with that. I parented my children the way I was parented, and in in 2012 language, that was a pound fail. <laughs> you can't. I, I learned the hard way. I I cannot parent. Um, two very busy boys the way my mom parented one very self-contained, full of self-restraint young daughter. <laughs> I understand. I kind of wish um, I had sought out, or even if there was, or even if there, if I even knew that this type of um, service was available. So 
tell me, you know, like I, I shared with you, I, my cousin put on Facebook last night, she's got two boys, and God bless her, I love my cousin Sheena. Um, her children are now like four-ish and like seven-ish, and she mm-hmm. put on Facebook that, you know, she's trying to get them into bed and blah, 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 and I put under her post, LOL, and she sent me a message back, sigh, how did you do it? And I'm like, it was so long ago. How do we get kids settled in the bed and out of that summer routine and ready for school the next day? Right. Well, one of the things that I talk with parents about is having a routine like we always do. You know, we, we come home from work every day. We're, you know, fixing dinner. We're getting kids prepared. And sometimes it's just a point of talking with them early and saying, hey, um, we're going to start getting ready to go to bed around this time. You're going to take your bath. You're going to, you know, kind of like getting them mentally ready and knowing that they're going to have to do something as well, you know, giving them responsibilities. How about getting your your clothes out for bed, get your clothes out for school the next day, you know, and and getting them mentally prepared and winding down, you know, and and having a routine is good as well, especially if you have a child that needs routine. There's some children that will go to bed on their own, you know, so, but some kids need that routine of, hey, we're going to wind down now. Let's get ready to take a bath now. Let's get ready to put our homework in our bags and get ready for the morning. You know, so sometimes kids just need a little routine. I think, you know, it's funny, too, because my children are almost five years apart, so it was really, really hard for me because, you know, having a four-year-old who was in pre-K and someone who's nine they don't want the same bedtime. Right, you know, they, right. they, my nine-year-old was like, why do I have to go to bed? Because he has to go to bed. And I'm like, well, because you know, and I just found myself in such sticky situations sometimes because I realized I had to have different sets of rules. And then finally I got to the point where I was just like, go to bed. I don't care if you go to sleep. Your feet just better not hit the floor. <laughs> so, exactly. What is a parent to do if they, you know, if if they do maybe have, children who are of different age groups or maybe in different, you know, different spaces in their young life? Because obviously mm-hmm. a four-year-old has a much different bedtime than mm-hmm. someone who's mm-hmm. in fifth grade. Right, right. And it all depends on the parent. I mean, like how you said at one point in time, you said, okay, well, you need to go to bed because it's time for you to go to bed, and maybe you can stay up another half hour because you're a little older. It all depends on the household. You know, if it's a household that all goes to bed at the same time, then no one has a choice. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Like that. And then maybe if you're a parent that says, well, look, your brother goes to bed later than you because your brother's a little older. So when you get a little older, you'll be able to stay up later as well. You know, so you can either have that conversation or you can say, okay, Okay, everybody goes to bed, including mom. <laughs> so it all depends on the house. But um, most parents that I know that have children of different ages, the, they just let the little one know that, look, you're, you go to bed now because you're four, and your brother goes right. to bed just a little later because he's ten. And when you're ten, you could stay up later, too. <laughs> you have right, something to right, look right. forward to. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I to that as well because kids need that consistency. They need to know that you mean it, and you and when you say it, you mean it. So if it's if it's gonna be one goes to bed at one time and one goes to bed at the other, it should always stay like that. It shouldn't go back and forth. Well, that's one of the things that I said to my cousin in, in our post on Facebook. I said one thing is be firm. Like you can't. And I said mm-hmm. in parentheses, they smell fear. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is about little people. <laughs> 
<laughs> but little people can tell if you're wavering. They they mm-hmm. have this sense. They can tell if they can play you out. I, I, I would not want to go so far as to say how manipulative little children are, but they can be very, they can work the situation. <laughs> oh, yes, they can. And they all know, and they all, they learn that very early. You know, they learn very early when when they're one and two years old that, ah, I can get away with a whole lot with dad, and mom is going to be firm, so I'll just go to dad. (laughs) I believe that. They learn very early. They learn very early. I have a five-year-old, and he learned very early that my husband is going to let him get away with way more than me. So (laughs) they definitely learn that early. Yeah, I was was a sucker. I I was the easy one. You know, I just thought... Kids inherently want to do the. I think I was just an anomaly as a kid because I just always wanted to do the right thing. So I never really got in trouble. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I did put you know be firm and you know we obviously chuckled. This is my first cousin, so we kind of chuckled back and forth. But I mean, what other what other words of wisdom can you share? Just even ranging from snacks or to bedtimes, just to get help parents along where they cannot be so frantic during this time of year because this is I remember last year when my son my my younger son graduated from high school in um 2011 so the fall of 2011 this time last year was the first time I was not buying back to school supplies in like 20 years and it was so liberating mm-hmm. <laughs> but I remember how much angst I used to have with this whole back to school time even as a parent mm-hmm. what can parents, you know, do to even mitigate, if not even the kids' stress, but possibly their own. Mm-hmm. Right. And, do, and to be honest, so many parents have sometimes more anxiety than the kids do. You know, the kids are all ready to go back to school, and they're excited. The parents are like, oh, my goodness, it's going to be harder this year. You're going to be at a different school this year, you know, whatever the case may be in the situation. But um, you have a lot of times where... Um, we get ourselves more worked up than our kids do. <laughs> that wow. is definitely for sure. And uh, what I what I tell parents is, when kids are starting back to school, first we need to address the child and make sure that they're comfortable. You know, right. talking with them about their concerns. Any, you know, whether they're changing schools, if they're changing a grade, that may be even a lot of anxiety as well. If it takes going from fifth grade to sixth grade, you know, um, going to junior high, going to high school for the first time. So there may be a lot of anxiety there. You know, if it's a younger child starting kindergarten for the first time, that may be a, you know, a lot of anxiety there. You know, my five-year-old started a new school this this year, going to kindergarten, and he was so excited that when he got there, he got in the car the first day, and he was like. There's no snacks. They don't take naps. And there's no slide on the playground. And my husband and I were cracking up because we're like, welcome to kindergarten, babe. He was so upset because he's like, there's no more (laughs) playtime. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, just just preparing them and talking with them and letting them know this is what you can look forward to. You know, possibly meeting, you know, introducing them to their teacher beforehand is helpful as well. You know, those are the kind of things we can do. Now that school has started, you know, as parents, we can make sure that we're, you know, keeping record of the things that we need to take care of, whether it's, you know, um, 
talking with the teacher on a weekly basis, you know, or, or bi-weekly basis, asking them about your child, your child's concerns, any progress, you know, anything that you can do to help her to make her job easier and things that she can do to make your life easier at home, you know, yeah, right. keeping constant communication with the teacher because they're a resource. You know, they're a resource right. that a lot of parents do not use, especially when the child starts getting older. So utilizing the teacher is extremely important because they're there to help. They want your child to succeed. And one of the things that I've found that a lot of parents don't do is the back-to-school night. Back-to-school night is very important. We need to know what the school has in store for the kids. So going to back-to-school night allows us to find out what's going on, what the school's plan is for the kids, and then we can address any of our concerns there as well. So making sure we take advantage of those opportunities for back-to-school nights and then PTO nights when when they have PTO meetings. Even if we're not members because we work and our schedules are busy, we can still keep in contact with the PTO to find out what events they have, what they have going on. And I've been asking parents that I work with, I challenge them all to at least – to give at least two hours for the whole entire year to volunteer and help with the school events. And that's two hours. You know, we can do two hours doing anything. But, well, you know, I, just I think two hours is is definitely not enough. And I, if, I can right. interject, if I can interject very quickly, mm-hmm. I'm going to put them on blast. Shame on any parent that does not go to back to school night. Shame on you. And if it's a situation with your job, that's a different story. That's a different story. Send a surrogate, send an auntie, send a neighbor, send a cousin, send a, 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 another sibling. Some I feel somebody has to be there because, in my opinion, I strongly believe that sets the tone for how they're going to treat your kid for the rest of the year. If mm-hmm. teachers, I believe teachers are human too. And if they don't see anybody come, or at least, you know, there have been times when my kids were little when I did miss back to school night. However, I sent, and I can think of the time right now when I was living in Atlanta, I sent a note, I can't, my husband's traveling, I'm busy at work, I cannot make back to school night, when can we talk? And right. I and I think it's most kids, like when you're under fifth grade, if I, you know, and you can and stop me, but I think under like fifth grade, they're for the most part with the same teacher all day. Mm-hmm. So it's not until like middle school or particularly high school, because I remember for back to school night with high school, you know, you have to get this list and you're walking from one side of the building to another side of the building to get to each teacher. Um, but when they're little, most teachers teach the same, you know, they have your kids all day. So I'm sure if you went to the teacher and said, I can't make it, that they would make accommodations. But I think if you don't make any attempt to connect with the teacher during that back-to-school night or that open house, I think that already sets the tone that you are dismissive and your child's education is not a priority. And when those when little tricky situations pop up, the parent, I mean, the teacher may not side with your kid because right. they already have in their mind this parent doesn't care. So I just will point my finger to any parent that does not make any type of effort to meet or connect with the teacher. Please, please, please. I think it's so important. I think it's really important that um, the kids are there. I just want to read something very quickly in the chat mm-hmm. room. Um, hard to believe you guys are just going 
just now going back to school up there. Thank God my boys are in college. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. CGL from the, the God Life Radio. But, yeah, because up here in, in the East Coast, he's in Tennessee. That I happen to know my listeners, but he's in Tennessee, and I'm sure you guys probably went back in August at some point. But up here, the kids are just going back last week, right, Kamari? Mm-hmm. When did your son right. go to school? Right, last week, last week, Thursday. Just last week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I, if I can say this really quickly, um, when we moved to Atlanta years ago when my children were younger, I will never forget my kids had the most difficult time getting acclimated to school because we moved uh, August 27th. And by the time we got into the house and I got their records, their school records, they started a few days before September 11th, right before the towers were hit. And it was so difficult because my children had been in summer camp and then we moved to a totally different state, new house, trying to get furniture. And when they did start school, the kids had already been in school for like a month already. And it was so, and at the time, you know, my younger son was only in second grade. He had the darndest time getting adapted and acclimated to school. It was pure hell for like a month. And I kept trying to explain to them you know, he's in a new place, he's in a new school, his dad is still in New York and won't be down yet. And she's like, well, we've been in school already, he should be adjusted. Not not even understanding in New York, we don't even go to school until after Labor Day. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's a very good point that was um, that was posted in the chat room. But it, I, I, I also know one of my dear friends, her daughter started a new school, and she said she couldn't sleep the little girl couldn't sleep the whole night before with the anticipation and kept waking up every two hours. What can parents do to kind of ease them back if there is anxiety? Right. Well, a lot of times when children have anxiety, it's normally just fear of the unknown, you know. Wow. So yeah. when the parent can get as much information as possible about the schedule, the teacher, the practice right. the school uses, that assists the child in knowing what to expect and knowing what they can do to not feel so anxiety-ridden. You know, so if the parent finds out that the teacher does this, this, and this between 8.15 and 10.15 and, you know, what the schedule is, you can go through the schedule with your child, tell the child this is what you're going to do then, then you're going to have lunch, then you're going to have this class, and talk with them a little bit about what they're going to do, the child can have less anxiety. You know, the parent can prepare them. Because a lot of times it's just it's just based out of this the unknown and not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing what to expect. You know, and because we have so many different um, concerns now of bullying and social anxiety that children have, parents, again, just have to make sure that they're talking with their child about, you know, if they're going to a new school, maybe they can find out if there is a uh, way for for the for the new parents or new parent orientation so that they can go and take their kids with them to meet new kids. You know, right. so that they're not feeling like, oh, I'm going to go to a new school, I'm going to not going to know anyone because again, kids have those fears too. You know, I mean, everything that's going on in this country right now with bullying is 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 ridiculous. So, parents have to make sure they're preparing their child for social concerns. You know, preparing them to get ready to meet new people and and how do you talk to new people? You know, I mean, I can take my 5-year-old on the playground at any given day and there's mean kids on the on the on the playground you know mean kids in the park pushing little kids down the slide you know and i always have to prepare him making sure that you're being good to others and make sure that you're not letting people be mean to you and always talking with your kid about you know what do you feel about that how did that person treat you did you enjoy yourself you know making sure that we're always addressing their anxieties 
making sure we're always addressing their anxieties. Is bullying, I spoke at a college, um, State County Community College, in the spring. I mean, and this is college level. These were college students about bullying. How bad really is this bullying issue with little kids? To be honest with you, it is probably as bad as it was when we were younger because there was always bullying. There's always been bullying. However, the way people are handling it now is different. Mm You know, back in the day when there was bullying, people weren't blowing up schools. You know, people weren't coming back to school with (laughs) guns and shooting everybody up. People weren't in movie theaters shooting up people while they watched Batman. You know, so, you know, it's it's just a different level of anxiety now, and it's a different level of how people are handling the situation. So, unfortunately, we have to take different measures differently into our own hands. You know, we have to do things differently now. We have to make sure that we're preparing our child for that. You know, I've had conversations with my 20-year-old who's at Drexel, a junior at Drexel. I've had to have conversations with him about if you hear any shots in your school, you need to go, you know, what you need to do if you hear gunshots, you know. It's crazy the conversations you have to have with your children because of what's going on in the world. It's absolutely bananas. But as parents, we have to prepare our kids. We have to talk with them about what to do if something happens, what to do if someone does this to you, because they have to know or have some kind of, you know, focal point of what I can do if if I experience this. You know, I I was told, because I was bullied as a kid, and finally Mm -hmm. one day my father and grandmother were like, if you don't hit her back and fight her, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not the only person that went into the house with tears, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm being teased or whatever, and we were told you better take your butt out there and you better fight, and if you don't, I'm going to tear your butt up when you get in this house. I know mm-hmm. I'm not the only one. Y'all probably going to say, mm-hmm. I we can't even say that anymore. You know, there was a little girl who kept nagging my son. He was, I mean, they were little, like second grade or whatever, and she would hit him and run. And finally, I told him, you ball up your fist and you hit her back. Now, again, this was 15 years ago, so I don't, I can say honestly, I wouldn't say that now, but I didn't know what to say at that time because that's what we were taught. Like, you know, even though it was a little girl, I talked to her, I did all the right things. I talked to her mother and I'm like, Susie just keeps hitting him and he's getting tired of it. And then, of course, now as an adult, if I had continued to teach him in that manner, that's domestic violence. Right. So like right. we, what do we right. say to our kids right. that don't lead to potential tragedies as adults? You know, it's, it's, it's right. hard to navigate. Well, it's it's scary because you tell your child something like that, like how we were told we were younger, and they could end up becoming the aggressor. That's right. what ends up being the problem. Uh, what, I've been, what I do bullying workshops as well in schools and with parents with the students and with the parents. And what I found is that schools are definitely addressing it, but I do believe that teachers need to be prompted more often. They definitely need to have more uh, awareness around it. They definitely need to make sure that they're speaking with teachers on what to do when the child is being bullied. Because I've I've talked with children who've said, I go to the teacher and I tell them that this is going on. You know what I mean? However... I'll tell students in a heartbeat to go to your principal because the principal knows that there's no tolerance. I mean, I've known kids who have gotten kicked out of school because a kid just said, look, this kid keeps pushing me every time I go to lunch. And the principal's like, I'm done. It's it's a wrap. And that kid gets suspended. So you definitely have to make sure that you're proactive. 
making sure you're watching your child and how they are socially because a lot of times parents think that it's okay for their child to be inward, but that could be a, that could definitely put them in a position to become a victim of bullying. You know, right. not everyone's bullied. Not everyone's bullied. I was bullied as a child too, and not everyone is bullied. Bullied, bullies pick out who they bully. So if your child seems to be the one who's getting bullied, parents definitely have to step up. Talk with the teacher. If the teacher's not doing enough for you, go to the principal. If the principal's not doing enough for you, go to the superintendent. You know, because it has to be addressed, and we don't want anything happening like how we have in all these other places in our communities. But, you know, we have to make sure that we're addressing it. And our kids feel comfortable with knowing that it's okay to say something. Because some kids get bullied, I mean, excessively, excessively every single day. I've worked with kids where they didn't even want to go to school because they were afraid of what was going to happen when they got there. Yeah, see, that's not good, and we don't want the kids to get to a point where they're shooting up the school or, you know, they're right. bringing little, you know, things to, to, to combat the bullying on their own terms. That can lead to a bad situation. Kamari, let everybody know how they can find you and how parents can, you know, possibly secure your services or book you for speaking engagements. Share with us your website. My website is www.optimisticexpectations.com. Dot org. Awesome. And I they can contact me through there. They can. There's a contact um, a sheet there that they can put their information. There's a way that for you to even get my a first chapter of my book, Ten Parenting Strategies to Raise Confident, Successful Children, which is available on my website as well. And it just talks about again ten strategies to assist parents in having better relationships with their children, having better results. So much, and I just put um, optimistic expectations in the chat room for those that would like to follow up and reach Miss Kumari um, before Davis. And to those who are not in the New York City area, she does travel, right? If I can be so forward. <laughs> yes, I do. I do travel, she and does. I actually have a parenting teleconference on Saturday morning. If parents want to take advantage of that, it's on Saturday morning from nine to ten thirty. They can oh, go on awesome. my website and sign up. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, and I would love to have you back. You have an open invitation to come on out. Come on to the Cy Brown Morning Show. Thank you so much because we touched on a lot of very important topics. So uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. You too, darling. Uh, always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. Talk to you later. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. 
No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, oh, oh,